0: hey everybody it's ken pooch van druten and chris raybold what's up everybody we are uh geez we're up to episode 13 chris 13 that's right 13 our lucky number 13 found to suck (laughs) <laughs> um no man i mean um i've really had a lot of fun with this and you know of course we keep getting feedback about it and and we sure do appreciate it guys um we hope that you guys enjoyed episode tw- episode 12 where we talked about some questions that you had um and um i'm starting to enjoy all of the uh, the other people that are broadcasting out there have you seen some of these other guys doing webinars and uh let's see i saw uh Divins, and I saw um uh who else did I see? Oh, I saw uh Vince Casamata and Jerry Rigby today, so yeah there's some there's some dudes out there doing stuff. I think it's good, absolutely. I wanted to watch the one with with Vince
1: and Jay. you know, I see the ones well, I see a ton I see a ton
0: uh I wanted to watch some of the Robert Scovel stuff. And yeah, I, the lab is pretty cool. Like I've been, I've been checking that out. It's it's interesting. Um, he's got high uh, production value going on there. <laughs> I see that. I see that. Oh yeah. Well, I have a microphone again this week. So. <laughs> That's right. This we time it's
1: actually working. Yeah, it's we fine. have
0: microphones. So and <laughs> headphones. I
1: see, I see and headphones, and so I see register for your headphones by the way shout yes. out shout out
0: hey gordon where are you at bro oh, man, here's here's the thing gordon here's what's gonna happen gordon we're gonna give you like another four or five days and then we're gonna like have to pick another person because nobody's yeah. i mean come on dude like yeah. the second week guy andy has already is receiving his headphones today yeah nice work andy where are you oh. gordon I'm sad sad for Gordon. Are you sad for Gordon? I hope Gordon's okay. (laughs) Um, I'm worried for
1: Gordon's safety. So (laughs) I've seen all these P I've seen all the, there's like there's ones that I legitimately want to watch because they're my peers or I want to learn, but I tell you what I have watched. What's that? I've been like sitting on the couch watching some guy in a language. I don't speak working on, some piece of gear. I don't know. For some reason, I'm getting enthralled in those. Whoa! Uh, so you're not understanding what he's saying, but you're you know, like, I'm just like kind of weird. I'm just sitting there, just like going, "Wait, what?" I'm just listening.
0: I'm like, that sounds fucking
1: amazing.
0: You know what I mean? I uh, think that you got. You're onto something. I'm going to start watching all the Digico stuff in Spanish. And I've I watched think. some of that. Yeah,
1: and I've watched. There's a guy here, Chris. Shout out to Chris
0: and. I think he lives in Watkinsville
1: or Bogart, somewhere near Athens, Georgia. He's got like an LV one setup, and, um, man, I watched like a 20 minute video he did on oh, his wow. rig. So I, the, it, I, all of my peers I'm interested in and all of Me this sort of like super really cheat out stuff that I want to learn from. I'm interested in, but what I'm watching are these things I'm just like stumbling upon. So
0: I'll I know. All right. So that's an interesting point because I just wanted to tell everybody that, you know, the thing that Tater and I are doing on Tuesdays, um, there's a, a website for that. Um, the showmaker symposium go to wrong end of the snake. Um, we are going to post a whole page that is audio resources. It's links that we all think, are shit that you, sh- you guys should be checking out and and watching um and so i'm going to consult chris on that as well so you guys there's literally going to be a list of like you know a hundred links of the things that we're kind of checking out and watching um and shout out to us like if you if we miss one like if you guys are like watching let something that we're not watching um let us know because man um i'm learning as much as i'm teaching right now um yeah. i think there's
1: a lot of pressure on people right now too because again in our world of the the online world the social media world you could come to believe that you know you and i for example are sitting here with our headphones and our microphones talking audio all day long i mean that's not the case but you're like you're watching everyone seemingly be so active and so yes you know, and it's like, God, man, I need, which is kind of cool. Cause it gives you this feeling of, I got to up my game, but you know, we got to realize that some of that is just in the moment, what we are supposed to be seeing and not everyone is studying and mixing 24 hours a day. It's okay. If you're chilling or
0: yeah, or <laughs> you like should be, you should be taking time <laughs> off, but, right. but it's cool. You know, um, I, I've been talking to a lot of people and friends that are in the business, in the audio business and are all like, man, I just wish I could be like in front of a console right now doing stuff. Um, And I I just say to them, there's lots of ways to do that. You know, um, download any sort of free DAW, like even Reaper Mm -hmm. and like take some tracks and like just do audio, man. I mean, it doesn't have to be live sound audio. If you're a live sound guy, like practice your chops at home um, with with recording type software, like DAW type software. And, well, and, and that's
1: uh, my sincere hope for this time is that we come out of this
0: as an industry better mixers. Oh man, I, and I think we will be. I, I think, think that so. people, you know, and the reason that that is, is that people are, having, when they're at home and mixing in front of near fields, you're getting the, the, um, experience of what you know, good speakers are now. Right. So if you, if you spend a bunch of time in front of some really good near fields, when you get back on the big speakers, your chops are going to be so much better, I think. And you're, you're listening, what you're, you know, what you're accepting is,
1: uh, I got to say this. I, yesterday, I actually, I went out into the wild What you went outside and we did it. We did this the right way. There were myself and two other people. Uh, and it was at a church and they were doing some system tuning. It's a a church that I've consulted for, uh, before it's awesome people here. Um, and they have a Digico SD 12 and they had, uh, you know, they had a DNB rig. So I mean it's it's a, I mean it's a, I mean it's a nice nice rig. And anyway, we sure. tuned, when I went in there to tune the rig. Uh, and there was a representative from the sound company from Nashville that came as the three of us. We had to like do this little do-si-do dance the whole time to be doing it the right way, but in doing it, um, you know, we've talked about tuning here. I went through my normal tuning process and when I pulled it up because I haven't been in front of any speakers for a while. I mean, I was just like, it's too loud. It's harsh. It's this, it's that. And like, even when I got it where I wanted it, I'm like, no, this sucks. You know, I was like, and then after a while, I'm like, no, this is live audio. This is, you're not, you're not in the cans anymore. You're not with a apparent near fields anymore. This is what live audio is. And then after a while I just kind of fell back into it. And I got to tell you though, man, felt good. Good, good. just to kind of do it again. And it reminded me of how great it's going to be when we, we get to do it for real. Totally,
0: man. I totally agree. You know, what's so funny about that is I have the same thing happens to me if I go, if I'm home or away from speakers for longer than like two weeks, if I go back to something like after three weeks, then I have that same thing happen to me, even without being in front of near field monitors. After I've been away from big speakers for three weeks, the first time that I fire up a big PA, I always kind of go, Oh, oh, ah, that's that's really loud. (laughs) I know, I know, and I think it's just that our ears are getting a little bit of rest and and you know the the day in day out of an arena tour or a stadium tour or whatever um you know you don't you don't uh you're getting pummeled every day, so you're used to it right. um but as soon as you you stop. You know, Um, I thought today that we might talk a little bit about some newer technologies and um, what are some of the things that you're using? You know, part of what I really enjoyed about us before we started doing this about us, like talking on a a weekly basis or every couple of weeks, you know, giving giving each other a call. One of the things that I really enjoyed about that was hey, man, have you tried this? Have you checked out this new piece of gear? Have you, you know, so-and-so said that this gear was really good. Have you tried it? So there are, there's, there's
1: always a a pile of stuff that, that interests me on a sort of on an easy level there's just a ton of plugins. I want to try waves. has got a bunch of new stuff we talked about on here. I want to try, I got, I was so excited about using the uh, the Abbey road saturator
0: and now it's gone. And then there's some other, or now working is gone. Uh, (laughs) Well, use it at home though. That's what I'm always telling people is like experiment with your EDAW, you know, um, you know, Yeah. And then that's what we
1: were saying. So and that's the thing. Now's the time to do it. And I just haven't sat down. It's funny before tour started, I just did that for like two months. I sat here, Right. I and i just did it so no, i know that's what's
0: so funny is i did the same thing right like i took time off because i had some neck surgery so i i hadn't before covid mm-hmm. i hadn't worked in four months and in right. those four months i had already done all that i'd been like oh yeah i'm gonna mess around with with same. daw stuff and you're you're the same way i, I so did it all with ua and plug in
1: Alliance stuff yeah. and I was going to hit waves and rehearsals and then this happened And So anyway, I just haven't gotten to it yet. So, uh, there's, there's a pile of plugins there I'm excited about. Um, but then, then there's a lot. And I mean, just, there's some hardware I've mentioned it on here before, some stuff I was looking to like the SSL fusion is an outboard piece I wanted to mess with. and. What's uh,
0: that about? Tell me what that is. Cause uh, I don't even know
1: what that is. It is when it came out, I looked and I was like new SSL. I'm like, that just looks really cheesy. And it's like a master. It's their master bus sweetener. Uh, and it huh. has all of the things that are in vogue right now, including a saturation circuit, uh, uh, right at the front end there is a transformer you can engage and take out and from what i've heard online the audio examples i've heard you know usually with transformers particularly if it's a modeled transformer sound it often gets girthier beefier thicker and this what i heard and that might be the case what i've heard from the audio examples was things actually getting this like lift this sheen to them And that's what interested me. So,
0: and this uh, is an, it's an analog piece of gear, like a two, two space. Yeah. It's like a two rack space thing.
1: It's got a a high and low shelving kind of thing. It's got something I have zero desire to use, which is an HF compressor. It basically has like a, yeah, I don't really, I see how you could need that, but I don't mix that. If anything, I'm usually wanting to add air to my mixes. Yeah, me too.
0: And I want, I want the mag, you know, air, uh, top part of that. Which speaking of a great EQ, that's a great EQ. Yes, it Uh, is.
1: God damn. I love that thing. As far as plugins go, if you guys are in the UA world at all, if you've got live rack going or you're running Apollos or anything like that, please use that EQ. That is, Dude, if nothing else for that air function. Just the air band. Oh man, the air band is killing. Just that alone. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and then also on the, uh, the fusion is a section for, that does like widening. Uh, right, and anyway, I looked at it. I was super skeptical of it when it came out, and I've since heard really good things about it. Jim Ebden bought one, and he loves it, and he was telling me about it and I, I run into some studio cats that dig it so there's there's stuff like that and really if if I were to start thinking about all the analog stuff I'm excited about, <clears throat> we could be here for a while so <laughs> there's plugins there's hardware, there's this and that, but I'm really excited. About some stuff that I haven't used at all. Um, one of them is, and it came up here, is, is some is a lot the ability to use native plugins live. Uh, yes. And there's a lot of different ways to do that now, or there are several different options. Looking into that really appeals to me. That leads you down the path of how am I getting to it? So then you start getting into I, uh, you know, what's the interface? what's the time of the interface there's like when I've ever, whenever I've done my, like for my outboard stuff, for example, I always just use it paired with a stage rack from whatever the console manufacturer is. So it'll be like with an SD rack or with the Digico stuff or with SSL's stage cage. But now there's other guys out there who they've got like some, they'll have some really high end converter. Uh, and then they're going, maybe they're going back into the desk via Dante or this or that. Like they're, they're really going for it on that. And I've never done any of that. I've always just used whatever, you know, cause I'm such a purist who's I'm, I'm so simple in my setup.
0: <laughs> well, but, you know, what's funny about all that is that, you know, okay. So for instance, you know, Scoville the other day was talking about, um man they got in this whole long conversation in the lab about latency and about you know like literally taking one input and deciding you mm-hmm. know um to line it up with all this other stuff you know and and i i get it i get that latency is you know something that we should be concerned with and especially nowadays with everybody throwing uh you know all kinds of stuff like if you're in a situation like you or me where we have combinations of different platforms and networks happening like if you're using universal audio and waves Mm -hmm. with different latency times and all that kind of stuff then i i I start to see where it could get a little bit crazy Mm -hmm. um but um man i i just felt like it was getting a little bit over the top the other day talking about specific kind of latency things you know he was talking about a bass guitar and, and a kick drum and how they can be if they're latency wise just off by a sample you're causing you know disconnect and all those kind of things and and i said yeah but i am like so much more of a meat and potatoes kind of mixer like it either sounds good or it doesn't mm-hmm. and i If something is starting to sound bad, that's when I investigate like what's going on. Like if something I can tell when you're sitting there and you're like, oh man, the low end is just not connecting and I I don't know what's going on. One of the things I would look into is latency, but it's not like on the forward part of my mind. You know what I mean? It's not like, you know, oh, I I need to make sure that this uh, bus, I need to get my smart out and make sure that these are sample you know, uh, distant to the same, <laughs> to the same output on a different bus. That's just not kind of in my wheelhouse right now. Well, and and you, you, it, you, and Scoville was really like, it is in his wheelhouse and that's all he thinks about. So it's interesting, a different right you know, thought process.
1: You you, you, you don't want to do it on a every single input level, but you do you know, for you, like with your, you know, you make a point to load the same plugins and not rely Correct. on it. So you're, you're doing it at the, where it's an obvious, it, it's going to be obvious there. I'll totally. tell you, I'll tell you where I do it. And so it's tangent time here. I had a guy call me the other day and he asked me that question. He's like, how do you keep everything in time? Right. And this is what I said. I do this. I, and I do, I despise the fact that we can't that we, again, I, I want to be in pro tools. I want to be in the box. I want it to all be compensated there and boom. And then off we go, you know? Yeah. Um, but we're not. Uh, and so it is a pain in the ass, but what I do as to not drive myself crazy is I will make sure that like sources are lined up with like sources, correct words. You know, if there's processing on my snare drum, the overheads are compensated in time, but I don't line the snare I don't make them match I just if somehow if and I and I do make a point to know what the latency is through any of my plugin servers through the IO of the desk you know analog I'll know what those times are and I will if it's something that's going to sum I need them to all move together yeah but I don't I wouldn't sweat if there's suddenly 0.62 milliseconds which is what at 96k it is to get in and out of a Digico SD rack. If you had an right. outboard thing, you've, you've now incurred 0.62 milliseconds. Yes. I'm not then going to go add 0.62 milliseconds to my whole session. I could, but I know there are seven. But you know, so you know
0: what I'm saying, and that's why I, I totally I, get it. I, I totally get it. But you know, on the flip side of the like that's totally true. And I work in the same way. I am not that guy. That's like, Oh, okay. The round trip on the hardware is this. So I need to add this up. Mm-hmm. The big glaring latency things I stay away from, or I fix. Right. So any sort of my buses that are like, you know, um, maybe not going through a waves thing, uh, and, and going to two different outputs, those need to get aligned. You know cool. what I mean? Um, so, uh, so I, I do do that stuff, but, um, the, uh, the whole, like getting into the, the deep part of that on an input level and, you know, making sure that the base DI is in line with the first kick drum microphone, I don't get so lost in that, but I will say, I will tell you, mm-hmm. um, Go, you know, uh, go to pro tools, go to your, whatever DAW and take the delay compensation off of a mix Mm -hmm. and put it back. Mm -hmm. And you'll hear the difference that it makes when you, when you really line up everything and where you really will notice it, check it out. Go, if you own LV one, which is a super clean, box um the in the um uh, preferences section there you can make your uh mixer be dsp optimized or everything lined up and if you like switch between uh, those two things yeah. you'll be like yeah oh shit latency matters <laughs> Right. <You'll hear> it. <laughs> you know yep. well, i mean literally like i took a mix that i um was working on um that I, you know, and I try to leave it in the mode of everything lined up, but it takes a lot of DSP. And when you're working on a project that has a lot of plugins, you start hitting your server maximum. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the way to fix that is to, is to switch to the DSP optimized. But what that means is, is it doesn't, you know, get rid of all the delay compensation. It doesn't get rid of all of it. All it does is like, look at outputs and say, okay, I'm going to leave those ones alone. All the glaring things I'm going to fix. That's what DSP optimized means. But the other one is everything in line, like inputs and outputs, everything in line. And that takes a lot of DSP. Um, and I switched it in the middle of one of my mixes and just was like, Uh yeah (laughs) what the fuck is happening right Um, and you're
1: probably hearing like bass mic and bass guitar suddenly uh you know shifting yeah 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 yeah. yeah. so again and that's i think we're both saying the same thing like of course i'm compensating for like sources of course i'm doing it across the board and you can get lost in math too we uh, we pulled up the when we did the we, uh, we put up our sessions not too long ago for the automation one yeah. we did and I just went and looked and I was looking at some of this delay that I, it was like a three-year-old session and I was looking at some of the times that I had and I'm like, I don't even know what I did. And it was because I had an e-kick lined up to, two, an in and an out kick, but those kicks had plugins on them. So they had incurred time. And there was this SAT question of a how do you make it? and then they went to a bus Yes. That- and so I know I did it right, but I looking at it, I have no idea how I did it. But again, those were like sources, so I did line those. But am I going to do that on every single input? No, I'm not. Plus, that math is going to change as you as your session inevitably changes.
0: You know? Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Oh, but anyway, the mood. I is, think. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I, listen, I'm not slagging off Schofield at all. I think he's brilliant, yeah. and I think he comes up with some really cool things. And I think his point was mm-hmm. that latency is important, and I I, I get that. Yeah, um, right. I just felt like it was going down this weird rabbit hole that was like, wow, like maybe more really? than you would care to go down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Here> again, good. <laughs> the show, different right. strokes. You know? I know. Well, I mean, that's just it. You know, we talk about this all the time. The difference is, you know, you and I have different workflows and certainly Robert has a different workflow than I do. Um, so, um, but anyway, the, the, the learning part of that was a really interesting two hour thing of like, you know, 200 of us watching him like calculate input, (laughs) input latency. And I was like, wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it made me think about it, which was cool. And I think that's what all these things that are online should do is make you think about doing things, you know? Um, so, um, Anyway, I, sorry we traveled down that weird latency path, oh, but okay. I mean, hey, you know, whatever. I was, well, and, it's,
1: and to finish the thought of, you know, what are some new things that I'm excited about, to finish that thought about native plugin servers, there again, my big apprehension is it's another level of latency. How do I work it? It's a different form of, it's a different time altogether. How do I work that in? And then it gets into what's the most reliable? What's the most? What's the fastest? It's just there's a number of things that need to be vetted before I make this leap. But it is something that I'm super excited about. Um, it is the ability, and I've had a few people reach out to me lately that know that I'm into this. They're like, "Hey, can I help?" So. Yeah it's out there. So that's one, I've got a few other things that come to mind, but I'll, I'll leave it there right now just to kind of get your take on some things. But that's but right now. One of the things I'm, there's two things I'm most excited about. And that's one of them is native plugins.
0: I totally agree. And, and you know what the other flip side of this is every, all you guys out there, um, uh, the, basically in live sound there are two plugin hosts that everyone's using one SoundGrid and one is the universal audio host. Those are both, being used pretty widely Um, it wouldn't take much for other plugin manufacturers to play nice with either one of those hosts Uh, they'd have to rewrite some code for their plugins but in general it would be a pretty easy thing Um, and I and I think some of these plugin manufacturers mcdsp for example some you know some of these ones that are awesome native plugins that we all want to use I mean if I could. Use McDSP. I used McDSP when I could on the Avid platform. You know what I mean? So um, uh, you know, if I had that ability to use it in Soundgrid, I certainly would. Mm-hmm. Um so all you people out there put some pressure on these other plug-in manufacturers, say, hey man, listen, all us live guys want you to play nice in these hosts, mm-hmm. whether it's Universal Audio or Wave Soundgrid, like can you, you know, let's figure out a way where you guys can play in that world. You know, mm-hmm. we don't need another network host. That's my opinion. It's like, right. there's already two that are very good. Right. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm, more of a waves guy. So I'm used to that one, but I know that the round trip latency on that thing is like ridiculously fast. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's not like, you know, anybody else could build a better host. The host is fine. It's seeing whether or not these plugin guys can, you know, let's, let's play nice with each other and let's, let's try to get some other plugins going on here because I think the end result will be, um, better in the same way. Uh, a, you know, someone asks me if what microphones I use on the stage, it's not all one manufacturer. No, it no. is many manufacturers because I'm choosing the right thing mm-hmm. for the right job. You know, um, you know, if you look at any of my stages, there's probably seven, eight, nine, ten 10 manufacturers worth of microphones on the stage in that same way. I would like that to be an availability to me in plugins. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I think the end result that I could get, um, using other manufacturers on plugins on top of using waves would be a, a way better result. Don't you?
1: It, yeah. And that, and it, that's what's next. I mean, we're, we're, we're seeing that now yeah. with advent of these other servers and with, you know, waves being open to taking on third-party plugins and, and in the, in the UA world, um, you know, they've partnered with Brainworks on a lot of stuff uh so there's there that we're, that's
0: next this, what yeah. we're talking about is what's next so cool um so yeah. and, I, and i so i think in the discussion of your talking about native plugins that's also native meaning having manufacturers build plugins that can be hosted in in other things as well like soundgrid yep. um i mean the, the future of that by the way is is native processing where servers I'm saying servers with an S multiple servers are now your DSP because mm-hmm. the, the limitation right now is for instance, in Wavesland and also in universal audio land, you have one server that controls all of the audio, excuse me, all the audio DSP and you only get that one server. You can't have other servers to enable more system DSP. Well, but- you can, you can in, in UA, you can add
1: one. Okay, so you can have two servers together at 96k. At at 48, you can at you can have four. Um, but 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 even that, UA uh, and just like you're tied in with with Waves. I don't know that a lot of people know this, but I, you know, and I'm tied in with UA in a way. And so uh, when so I've been around the block with this. Uh, uh, waves, you can get away. You end up with being able to do. it. But UA is way more processor heavy. So even in adding the, and you know that and having those two, you still choke pretty quick until they add more DSP to each one, even with two or 48 K with four, you're still, you can, you can put more shit in waves. You know, That's,
0: that's interesting to me that they have the ability to share but don't make it more than two. There's got to be a reason for that. And it I don't has know. something.
1: Well, they, they touted as you can add up to four, and I think that was assuming everyone was staying at forty eight. Uh, uh, I don't think you know a lot of a lot of these companies. They don't realize live with live sound. That we're all at most of us are least, all at ninety six on the touring end at least. Yeah, are, yeah, yeah. are at ninety six. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the broadcast guys, they all stay at forty eight, but on um, the touring and we're all at 96. And I see so manufacturers when they're like, we're going to cater to the live sound world. And then they're like, wait a minute, why are you working at 96? And I'm like, well, we all, yeah, we're yeah. all, working at 96.
0: I, you know, oh God, this is a whole rabbit hole, but the, the discussion of 48 versus 96 is, is a big one. Um because it's not just about those two sampling rates. When you have this discussion, it's about what the oversampling is. It's Mm -hmm. about um, the, there's all kinds of things that are involved in that, right? So Digico, for example, the front end of their sampling is 192 K and then they down sample to either 96 or 48. And the reason is, is to get rid of this whole thing called oversampling. And there's a bunch of other reasons, boy, we talk about this for an hour. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's some interesting stuff out there talking about, um, how 96 K isn't necessary. And if they fixed some of the things about oversampling Mm -hmm. and some of the other problems that 48 K would actually be a better place um yeah. for audio um so it's an interesting interesting discussion interesting. but currently currently just like what you said most of us touring guys are doing 96 with the high um sampling rate of the input side um mm-hmm. you know coming in um but um boy would it be a lot easier if we could work at 48 if it sounded it <laughs> sounded be. as good um, right. Just because all everything gets doubled. Um, anyway, just back quickly to the whole waves thing. I mean, I I know coming soon they are going to be able to. And, and this is not me saying, hey, next week we're going to have right. you know two servers with waves. <laughs> that's. I'm not making an announcement. I just uh-huh. let me make that clear. Mm-hmm. I just know that that's the next evolution of where plugins are going to go is someone is going to be able to figure out a way to have, hey, if I put six servers in a rack, now you've got enough DSP, just like you would in native recording guys land. Um, you know, like last night I was watching a friend of mine, um, that I went to Berkeley college of music with his name is Ken Lewis. And he is, um, an amazing producer and engineer. And he's got like 99 credits on gold and platinum records. And he's been nominated for like eight Grammys. And, you know, he's, he works with Drake and Lady Gaga and Kanye. And, um, you know, I mean, he's a huge engineer and he, uh, was showing a bunch of stuff on one of his, uh, webinars and, was basically someone asked him you know like well if if you had to make some choices on this or that you know what would you do and his answer was pretty much like well i have so much dsp that i don't make those choices you yeah, know what i mean so right. like he's he's in a situation you know just like some of us are in the sense of we're blessed to work with the best gear and so literally in his native world I you know I don't know how many cards he had or what he had going on, but literally he's like I don't run out of DSP. Yeah, it's not um, a problem. It's not a problem. Right. Nice. That's recording land. That's coming soon, mm-hmm. I think, to live land. I think that we are going to be in a situation where, uh, you know, like I said, we can have you know not only way faster things in smaller packages. It's already happening. You look at the uh, Wave server. That's a half rack um, server think- now you can have two extreme servers in a, in two spaces, mm-hmm. um, but coming soon is going to be single. And then six of those, you right. know what I mean? All working together, not be not in redundancy, all working together to give you massive amounts of DSP. And I, and I think along with that will come all of these native plugins. Thanks. Yeah. 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 It, it, it's common for sure. Uh, real quick. Where does your, on a big show, what does
1: your CPU usage look like on wave? <laughs> That's,
0: That's so funny. It's cuz it's I, you know, it's funny people always say to me, "Oh, you're the plug-in guy," you know, uh-huh. you, you know. But I mean, dude, you look at my sound grid rack and even on um like Justin Bieber, for instance, you know, which was how many inputs, I don't know, 110 or 120 inputs, a bunch. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think I was only still using like 30 racks or something. I definitely wasn't using 64 and each one of those racks had maybe two plugins in them. Um, So even on an extreme server, it's not like I'm getting into yellow at all. Like Mm -hmm. even peak stuff doesn't get into yellow. I'm just sitting there kind of cruising right along. Yeah. Um, I think, um, Jay Z I did, uh, which was also a huge, you know, there was a nine piece band with playback and stuff. So it was a hundred and something inputs. Um, I started maybe just to tickle a yellow (laughs) into the DSP. I'll, I'll usually sit. I used to sit, on, and
1: these are on big shows, Lady Gaga, Beyonce, <clears throat> whatever, Bruno, blah, 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 blah. I'd always hang out in the 50s. Yeah. And then I something, there was some update at some point. Something happened somewhere along the way. And H verb is is a fairly recent, oh, You know what I mean? Because it's and it's really good. But the same h verb i had used for a while suddenly i would go from like 52 to 73 oh wow all, all the time and i and it bugged me out all the time and i'm like what is this i don't like i'm i'm like i know everything's fine but I don't like seeing it go up there. You I know, totally understand. I, I know totally of guys, it. I hear of people all the time that they're in, they're in the nineties, you know, percentile that they're just yeah, <laughs> choking the fucking thing. Now in and the you, world, I'm in the eighties all the time. That's oh, it. it, it yeah. There's only four chips per,
0: it just, right. it runs and it's, it's DSP heavy plugs, it's super DSCP heavy plugs. I know that, um, just something we should point out. And I think this is true for universal audio too, but I know it's true for waves. Um, multiple instances of the same type of plugin use way more DSP than different plugins. Yeah. So for instance, having uh 200 C6s is not a problem. Mm-hmm. But if you start doing uh, C6 and 60 other different plugins, right. that's when you run into DSP issues. So I even kind of think like that a little bit. If I'm getting up into my 70, 80% on a Waves extreme server, which I have like L V one sometimes all you know, because you're using you all kinds of everything. you're using the resources a lot. Yeah, right. And it's it's not only doing the plugins, but it's also doing all the routing and all the stuff in the L V one. Um I will make decisions like, okay, I can get away with this being another C6 because I know the DSP, if I had chosen a different plugin that didn't exist in the session already, it would be a big DSP chunk that it's stealing. Right. If that makes sense. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I even have a chart
1: for the UA stuff. It's readily available and has been online for years of of what the DSP usage of the, the different sampling rates for all the UA stuff is. So I can literally like draw it out you know, cause you can only build such your, your chains can, you know, in waves, you can, man, you could stack eight of those things and probably fine. And you can, unless it is just the, you have one single rack and you're using the most basic plugs you could choose on UA. Like you can only go so far in the chain before it'll choke and it won't choke the whole system. It'll choke one of the individual
0: chips. Totally get it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, because uh, there's a thing called DSP sharing within it's kind of the old school um, Avid profile. You'll, where you could look, you could, con- look, yeah. you you could look at con- the different DSP things and yeah. decide, you know, um, and the reason that waves survived well in the avid profile was because it shared Mm -hmm. okay so if you had four cards in an avid profile it would do dsp sharing between those four cards whereas some other plugin manufacturers were dsp hogs and could only steal from a card right um so so uh think about that but in a native kind of a way now, now -hmm. that we don't, we're away from cards, you know, in the profile, it still kind of happens that way in the server. You know, there's, there's sharing that happens between uh, the processors that are happening in an I seven, you know? Um, And so be smart about what you're choosing, you know, look at stuff. And if you're getting up into high numbers of server usage, the way that you can reduce that is go back and look at, um, uh, plugins that you're already using and maybe swap. If it's just a compressor, then say, okay, I don't really need the LA 2 a and where there's only one instance of it. Let's get rid of it and let's replace it with a different plugin that is already exists in my, in my session. If that makes sense. Interesting. I got a pro before we, before we move on, I got a pro tip for you on,
1: uh, on UA if yeah. you, to where you're building, you can look in UA it can show you the chips and you can see what the DSP usage is. Once a once a rack, you know you you can't choose. You, so let's say you, you you start a new rack. Uh, I forgot what we call it. In UA. You you have a new channel of plugins. Um, it picks a chip, right? And you, you don't pick that chip. It picks uh, that. Chip. And if it's if chip one is at like eighty six percent, it might it choose chip. chip two. It, yeah, but you you hope it does, but it might not. It might go to chip one, ah. and then you start building this chain, and it'll choke. So the trick is to shut save the session. Don't don't take the plugin, so it'll tell you that the plugin has been disabled. Shut down the session. Turn the rack off. Interesting. That, that's the key part, though. You got to turn the rack physically off, not just shut down do what we all do when you turn it on and turn it off. You sit there for a minute and you, you look around and you blah, 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 turn it back on. And then when it turns on, uh, it sorts itself out. The live rack will go, let me think about this for a minute. And then suddenly that chain, it told you you couldn't do, you can do. And it's reallocated the DSP across the chips.
0: Interesting. Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. cool.
0: Uh Um, Anyway, yeah, I mean, you know, so in regards to, you know, upcoming technology and new technology, I think we're going to start to see what we're talking about. I think we're going to start to see more native plugins and we're going to start to see uh, devices, DSP sharing, um, you know, we've already got devices that are super fast doing super amounts of calculation, but can you imagine if you had two extreme servers that were working together? Mm -hmm. Um, man, I mean, you know, my DSP would at be at like twenty five percent. Right. Right. So. Anyway, what else? What's um,
1: something else? You're. So I can think of one other thing that I'm really pumped about. Um. Or at least ahead. I'm intrigued by. What about you? Is there anything else on the radar that kind of caught your attention as of late? Um.
0: I think um that everybody is talking about immersive audio. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, really? And. Um, immersive audio is really interesting to me as an audio mm-hmm. professional. Like, I don't know if you've gotten a chance to do the demo. Have you? Have you seen like a demo of like Lisa? I've done the over- demo. I started a tour actually, and then it canceled.
1: It, I was doing the yeah, 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 and then um. So, wow. So tell me about that. Tell me how well, to- we started, and and also this plays into my feelings on immersive audio as a whole. But that particular one was going to be on Elisa. It was going to be an L acoustics thing. And Thanks. it was at, it was Britney Spears last year. I was going to set it up, uh, turn it over, right off into the sunset kind of deal. Cool. And, um, and then it, it canceled. Um, but <laughs> did uh, she implode?
0: What happened? She did.
1: she <laughs> pulled up Britney Spears. And, Got it you know what i mean like it took it was the production manager couldn't finish telling me it was canceled before i was like okay i understand <laughs> i mean i was like of course it is you know what I of course mean? it is i was yeah. in la no one else was working on it other than him and myself as far as like crew people you know right. what i mean and right. i literally was like all right cool well i'm in la for a few more days and then i'm out uh, of here. all right um, yeah. i was at the, in the studio with her md and we were putting it together but uh and i had been out to their office the l acoustics office in Westlake, and they've got like a small mock-up of it set up and everything and so but uh yeah and then it, and it went away but it was and this is kind of my here's my okay i'm into it too i mean who's not is an audio geek
0: it's an audio geek it's cool as hell it's yeah cool-ish. i'm like wow how That's
1: could, cool you could how could you not be interested in it uh my own personal feelings on it are it, it you well okay it's twofold politically in that instance i didn't ask to use it and interesting. In a <laughs> number of its early uh outings it's been situations where the engine n- and i none of the engineers early on were asking for it it was pushed onto them where companies were approaching artists or interesting designers or this and that. And the next thing you know, you as a mixer, like for that Britney show, for example, it was in the same room that we do the Bruno residency. That's a really, really, really shitty room. It's very difficult. So my job's hard enough in and of itself when I walk in the door, when I go, yes, I will take that job and I will bring with me my skill set and all the tools that I believe in strongly. And then you walk in and someone goes, but you've got to use this and you've got to do this and you've got to do that. And that to me, that's just a bad way to be would, someone's making, but so essentially someone was making me use it and every other engineer that was in the room, that, excuse me, that whose acts were coming through that same room, they too were being forced to use it through management through
0: nice. and then, you know what i mean and then, well this is i mean i don't know if you remember i'm sure you remember there was a period where speaker manufacturers in general kind of ruled the world and they yeah. were going after production managers like they That's weren't
1: what even this was, is. Yeah,
0: not consulting engineers Good. going straight after band management and and produ- you know and production managers yeah. and uh, during there was about a 10 year Period that that was happening, mm-hmm. and uh, boy, I got pissed sometimes because I would literally like walk into a situation where it was a manufacturer that I was not really happy about using. Um, yeah. I mean, that's know? bad
1: enough if it's a PA. You don't I know, want, let alone. And here's the second part of that: let alone if it is a way of mixing. Right, it's not your choice, and that's my thing with it. As much as time as we've spent talking about. Uh, what, you know, what I call the pre-bake. In other words, the way we bus things and group things in route to the stereo bus so that we put our little touches and squeezes and this and that on there. You can only do so much of that in immersive audio. You it, you can only do so much busing internally because, and then still be able to use the technology to its full, you totally could get it. take, you know what I'm saying? You have to take individual sources and put them here, here, here. So my my Tom's group can't work like a neat I know, tom I know. thing all over because that's now I can't do my stereo thing, my drum groups that I do. And, you know, overall bus processing compression, which we both say, well, we do so much in route to it that when we get there, we're not doing a ton, but what we're doing matters. We can't do that anymore
0: because i'll point out i'll I'll point out that um acoustic summing and electronic summing are two totally different things they are so we spend a great deal of time getting electrical summing correct and glued and you know all of those kind of things when you take that tool away from me it's yeah, significantly different for the tool to co- go
1: away from me now all all of that being said those are just my i know for a fact that was a situation with a number of acts early on where the, the engineer did not choose it. um but i do know there are other people like and i'm lord with um Philip party Philip, i haven't seen you in 20 years but i remember you as an amazing engineer i'm sure you're still an, ama- an amazing engineer and i know he's a big proponent of it so cool. there's guys that are choosing it, that are using it, that are, I'm assuming he chose it. I know he's a big proponent of a big fan of it. I heard Mark Knopfler sounded really good on it. Right. Uh, I think that was Elisa as well. I know DMB has there. So there's guys, I should, I, that's just I, I just, I know for a fact, I saw a number of people that it was forced on them. And then when they got the
0: chance, fucking bailed. You right. know, you know what I mean? I so, totally know what you mean. I, I, the thing that is the weirdest part about this conversation is that, so manufacturers are going after production managers and management and band members and mm. taking them to demos and saying how cool this is. But then like, it's gotta be a hard sell because think of it. You have to have twice as many trucks, yeah, twice as many people. It's twice as many points. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but if the production managers that I work for would look at even if it wasn't me trying to sell this to them. Even if this was a manufacturer selling this to them, I know the production managers that I work for would look at you know somebody and just be like, "What are you? No, twice as many trucks? Like, what are you talking about?" Right. Yeah. With, you know, four more, three
1: more, uh, three more riggers, you know, <laughs> yes, earlier right. all now, mind you, then you think about the situation that I mentioned, that is a more realistic one where it was a, an install, right? You know, that would work, but yeah, on a day in day out basis, you know, these tours that we've been talking to people about for a while, as we've been making these videos, man, there is barely enough time in the day a lot of times sometimes some of those tours we've mentioned like i know you said on travis scott you weren't getting the pa until doors or whatever it was i think that that. if if that
0: you know the the first show the first show that i did which was the fourth show of the tour Mm -hmm. um we I think doors opened at nine thirty, <laughs> And, um, I think that we actually went on at like eleven fifteen or something like that. And there was yeah. no opening act. Like everything got canceled. There was bike rack around stuff that was still on the floor. You know I mean? It was just, it was crazy, dude. We don't yeah. have time. We don't, we, have don't time. we don't, we don't have time. And that's why I think you are seeing
1: a a modest amount of success now there is an enormous amount of perceived marketing success for all of this like they are all these companies that are not all these only a couple that i know of that are pushing their product they're working really hard to have the to let the perception be that it is changing the way of live audio you know what i mean i know Um, i I mean dude it is cool right like it's like okay we're going to catch shit for this guys. I I love you guys. And like my favorite PA manufacturer out there is leading the way, but I don't, I personally, if it's my choice and if I take reality into it and the tours that I'm doing, it's not practical. Now with that, that Britney Spears thing would have been amazing. It was, it was going to be like a band in the box like, but we're literally, I was going to have all discrete sources. I mean, I would have had, it would have cool. been like mixing, but the sources would never have changed. So, I mean, right. I could have made, and you it. were building right. in the studio, uh, right? Like building you building it yeah. in the studio with right. them. It would have been audio porn, you know? Cool. So that would have been a good one. But if you take me out and, and okay, here's another thing we talk about, if you're working with an act where the board mix matters. Yeah. I mean, I sit around making a TV mix that also like for months with Bruno Mars, right? He doesn't want to hear that I had to remix it (laughs) in two weeks before take all the
0: stems and like put them all back together. Yeah, no,
1: like, you know, for what, because somebody else wants me to use it. Like he's, they're not going to want to hear that. So it's awesome, but I just don't know it's where it's practical application lies. And I don't think it's the stuff that you and I do, which I think is what you're saying too, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, I, anyway, I mean, I, I just think that it may have a place and I think it is, it has kind of found a place, but I I really don't see it as being, you know, something that's going to be, you know, worldwide touring. Um, but, um, you know, I mean, I'm the same way, dude. I have tons of friends at that same manufacturer and at other manufacturers that are trying this as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I love their gear, but I just don't, this technology, I don't for the, the artists that i work for like there's no way that iron maiden is going to take a lisa system oh. out because it just doesn't make <laughs> sense you know what i mean yeah. it's like it's a rock band that like they want it, right. you know loud and proud coming out of left and right that's what they want you know yeah. um so uh anyway I, I just think as in this discussion of newer technologies that's that's something that should be totally brought up just in the in the for things sure. that that's going on um, and if it's asked of either one of us i'm sure we'll go out and oh it, listen hey if someone said you're using this um i would say okay and and that's, and and that's what i did figure yeah. it out yeah the you know for anything i kicked and screamed for a while
1: i let every person know that i spoke to hey i want to make it clear i didn't ask for this now that's I'm gonna awesome. redo the way I do my job. Right. I, yeah, I'm just letting you know. And then I got over that. I got it yeah. out. And I let everyone know I want you to know how I feel. If I don't say it now, it's gonna be sitting inside me forever. And once I got it out, I was
0: like, All right, goddamn it. All how, right. How do we do it? Here we this? go. What are we gonna do? Yeah, I mean that's that's honestly the the um The way i mean you know it's the same question like you know when i get paid to make it sound good on whatever right when i show up to a church and they got pa on a stick i'll find a way Mm -hmm. right to do the best that i can to make it sound the best that i can and that's the same with any piece of technology it's like it's just our jobs to make it sound good on whatever's given to us whatever tools we're given um I I am interested in a uh, a newer technology that's kind of happening within some plugins. Not to take us back into plugin world, but that's I true. am the guy that fucking oh, you know mixes in the box all the time. Um, but there are there's a bunch of manufacturers that are doing um, some plugin stuff that um, are almost like auto mastering. Have you seen um isotope makes this thing called um shit it's called something eight and nine nine oh, is ozon. the latest version yeah ozone, ozone. yeah so ozone incredible yeah so um you know the technology of that though is really interesting right like if you guys haven't messed around with that probably haven't because it's a it's a native plug-in you know mm-hmm. we don't really use it in um much of live sound but um you know, it's, it's basically like a sample button, right? Like you play your mix through it, you say, Hey, you know, check out my mix. And then it does all kinds of compression, EQ and whatever decisions Isotope to... is black magic. It, it is has black magic.
1: sold their souls to something because it is the shit they can do is truly amazing. That, that plugin being one of them. And some of their little fixer things, totally are just to yeah, Can you imagine having an t- now it, they're huge. You talk about incurring a lot of latency. They would work for us at front of house. I mean, we can, right, could right. right. That, Ooh boy, that really taxes on, but that's a, And that's exactly what
0: I'm talking about. The yeah. ability to use that live. Totally. And so another one is called soothe. I think it's another yeah. company. Yeah. That's it. Um, so anyway, those kind of tools that's are I things stop. that you are my brother
1: that is one of the ones too when i saw that black magic it's fucking black magic Magic, i listened to some demos i'm like have you heard of soothe he's like dude you know it's like i don't know everybody
0: loves that and they they have like soothe too now which is like oh my god it's like dude it's crazy um yeah but those those things are the to me are this cutting edge of technology um that where i think we're headed right if you could you know, design a plugin or whatever, you know, what would be the, the thing that you would want to see happen? And my kind of futuristic view of what would be so rad in our world is, what if we could build a plugin that had presets, but presets specific to the thing that's going through it? So for instance, um, the same way that, you know, ozone is black magic in your mix. What if you had that in your, on your kick drum Mm -hmm. and you said sample for a minute and it listened to your kick drum and then did suggestions about compression and EQ and whatever to a specific input. Do you know what I mean? I do. Um, I'm trying to think of what I, I was thinking of a phrase that
1: would, uh, sorry keep going yes yes so
0: are- to me it's kind of like a custom preset right um that is uh you know uh, um, an ex- uh, you know whatever it turns your whatever kick drum that you put in through right. it it does all the right suggestions to make it into be this massive huge kick drum right, right. whatever that is right. you know now in this day and age that we live in, I don't think that's DSP possible, right? Like, you know, if you had to have ozone technology on every single input of your thing, the DSP would be ridiculous, yeah. and the latency of that would be ridiculous, right? House, we catch on fire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll but but, but, I think that's where we're headed, though, no, it right? Is. Like, how cool would that be, you know? It is. it is. So, And take that a step further. What if it were a preset suggestion that was an artist's suggestion so it samples your kick drum it listens to whatever it is and then says i want my kick drum to be chris raybold's kick drum Mm -hmm. and then it does all the adjustments to make chris raybold's sounding kick drum um I think uh, that I think that's the way that some of this is heading. I really do. It's much, that technology, as
1: heavily as model as you know, modeling is is involved with things nowadays, um, and, and that's what that would be. It would essentially have a tonal target that it's it yes. for, and then you right. would, and you would say, okay, and I want to achieve it via these means. That's right. You know, via saturation, via compression, via EQ. Right. Or just see if you can get there with just EQ. Let's leave it dynamic, but tonally, I want it to do that. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Right. Yeah, I that's totally, I, I'm i with you. I don't know that that, something like that's not that far off either. Yeah,
0: I hope it is. I think that that would be um, really kind of uh, interesting I think that it would improve audio depending on how people used it. (laughs) Well, it would. It could Uh, be like, it could be, uh,
1: someone could go, well, I hit the, the pooch, I mean, uh preset. And that's just, so it's gotta be great. And it, it, people would quit using their ears to an extent.
0: Well, I know. And that's true of just regular presets happening right now. Like yeah. literally, um, you know, I've written a lot of presets and I've had people say to me, you know, oh yeah, I just pulled up pooch vocal and it was great. And I kind of look at them, I do this like RCA dog ah thing right. at them and go well your singer the, had a thing this big at 2.4 like my, yeah wrote like, it. i know i know wait a minute that preset was built from some other singer not the singer that you have you know it's yeah. a my point to this guys is that presets are designed to be great starting points Mm -hmm. they were never any preset is not designed for you to pull up chris lord algae's kick drum and say that's a kick drum that's not not what he intends for you to do with that preset what he intends for you to do with that preset is to get you to a place faster Mm-hmm. than you having to adjust 20 things, mm-hmm. right? You get to that place and you go, okay, cool. Now I can tweak it to make it right for my kit drum. Yeah. You know what I use presets for? Curiosity. Interesting. Like I
1: never would like, I would never pull up my bass guitar and go, hey, let's pop through these presets. It's just not in my workflow. I will go and look if it's like engineers that I know, or I'm curious about, or I like their work. Yep. I'll go look like what did they do? And you know as well as I do, a lot of people just bullshit on their presets and just put whatever out there anyway. Totally. But let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Like um then UA for example, like on their I dist-
0: spend but by, by the way, I spend hours and days oh, on mine. I'm, sure, I'm sure you, you know, be, But but there is absolutely guys that don't. Yeah. So, don't
1: believe yeah. everything you see on there. But um, you know, I went and looked at all the distressor uh because that's a compressor. I've owned one since uh 1999. I've owned several sold them. Those things just keep coming and going in my world. Um, but, uh, you know, I looked at everybody's presets to look at their attack and release times and what their favorite ratio and knees were on there. And I was like, Oh, cool. Like that's what I'll use presets for.
0: Absolutely. And that is a great teaching tool. Um, but I will tell you that I am the guy that will pull up a preset and then tweak from that preset. Yeah. Um, I have a a bunch of presets that if i start in a situation where okay generally when i build a session i'm putting in my um presets that i've built over the years mm-hmm. into the plugin chains that i'm doing but if i am not in that situation like if i show up at a church for instance and i'm dialing and smiling mm-hmm. um nothing will get you there faster than presets quickly you know what i mean like if i'm in a dial and smile kind of a place you know i'll pull up the ssl channel i'll pull up the thing that says kick drum and then adjust maybe a little bit of the high end a little bit of the of the mids and go for it like that's that's a tool to make yourself be super quick. Um, so, um, absolutely. presets are like really important, but you can use them in all kinds of different ways. Like what you said, um, you know, just looking to see what, what really famous dudes do is very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. My outside of you, my, I have
1: two other super close audio counterparts. I mean, I have a million, but the closest to me, two of them are studio guys. And, um, one of them, man, he lives on he's, he's all about presets. He loves right. presets and he's got a lot of Grammys and he uses it to his advantage. He just, yeah. you know.
0: I mean, I'm telling you guys, the reason that Jack Joseph Puig is who he is, is because he, his, chains of things sound amazing and the presets that he builds for his chains are amazing so if you if that's all you did was pull up jack joseph Puig artist series plug-in and then used one of his presets and didn't touch a thing you'd have something kind of pretty close probably yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah anyway um we're getting at the end here uh those are just some newer technologies do you have anything speed round here at the I, end yeah. speed round i just want to
1: mention the advent of using uh reaper need designs has a thing where it's like it's a preamp i think it's eight channel preamp that also has conversion in it and you can guys are now taking that dante using a bunch of those yeah Both audio has one and if there's not one that's already kind of pre-made you can make your own now where I could choose a bunch of API pre's that I want to use, take them into some Burl converters, and then hit whatever, get it into Dante and use that as my stage rack. Uh there that too is is ripe with the ability for shit to go wrong. Yes. But I I like it. I dig it. I love the idea of not using stock pre's if we can. Uh, Interesting. I like, I like I'm really, really, really into that really into that that in fact i i don't know which one i'm going to do first some sort of native plug-in processing or something on that something like that maybe not my whole chain but something like that
0: you know it's i think in general um and this is not me telling anything out of school with with uh, console manufacturers is um the the weak links in consoles in general are the front end 100%. And the and the summing. So those are two, two things that are always like, how can I make them better? And that's why, you know, guys are going to acoustic summing of stems because we all kind of feel like that maybe, you know, doing some summing outboard is maybe helping the glue of everything that's happening. That's Mm -hmm. one kind of tool. And then the other tool is, um, you know, I've spoken about this before. I love Digico and part of what I love about Digico is their front end, their mic priests that are super transparent transparent but there are some things that i want to be colored on the front end part of this and so that technology combined with some of the the cleaner like the combination of that is probably something i'm gonna head towards as well and 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 that rupert neve thing looks really cool i don't know about the burl thing but that rupert neve one looks really interesting yeah yeah so all right well thanks a lot guys thanks for tuning in um we uh went to a bunch of things about some newer technologies um you know uh just uh write in the comments a little bit and we'll try to have some more q a stuff we really enjoyed that as well and uh thanks for tuning in we appreciate you see you everybody